funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, colors some sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest people I know. Hello world, and welcome to the funniest people I know podcast and radio show. It is Christmas break, Hanukkah break. Festivus? Festivus is on the rise. I think you're right. I celebrate it. Yeah? I can't find a metal pole. What else do you do then to celebrate it? I just tell people happy Festivus for the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) When is it? I don't know. (laughs) 12 days? (laughs) Well, happy Festivus if you celebrate Festivus. Yeah. We are going to do a very special episode. This comes to us from popular request from several of our listeners who have been big fans of The Twink Next Door. Yeah, we have a saga, and people love it, and they're really into what's going on with this guy and his twink neighbor. Wait, people? Like, more than one? Yeah, two people. What? Nice. (laughs) Yeah, thanks to both of you who emailed us about it. (laughs) Come to the next year's convention. TJ, you've been writing these for a while. How did this idea come about? George was like, hey, let's do a parody of Shrink Next Door. And I'm like, okay. Folks, we've got a very special episode planned. We are going to piece together all the different pieces of The Twink Next Door and play them sequentially so you can get the entire story all in one Easily digestible box of cookies. Ooh, sequentially. I hope this experiment works and it doesn't just come off as manic. It seems like TJ was going through some stuff during some of these chapters. I had some highs and lows this year, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And the twig next door, you were working stuff out. I was, and I think we all were. 2019 was a busy year. It's been a year, for sure. I think we're ready for 2020. I think we're ready to enter a new decade. Yeah. We're going to get a haircut. We're going to get on a new diet plan. We need Anthony to come in and make us some guacamole and tell us everything's going to be okay. (laughs) Just a big bowl of guacamole for everyone. Yes. That's right. One of our big fans is Professor Chris. Oh, nice. And he I'm is, sure he would not consider himself a big fan. <laughs> he'd say in his chair, no. He's like, <laughs> wouldn't say big. Six months from now when he's listening to the episode. That's a bit hyperbolic. Uh, yeah. I know he listens to the show. He's a fan. And I'm suddenly self-conscious that our vocabulary, perhaps any sort of misused word or incorrect grammar, is being scrutinized. Mm-hmm. Ever since we wrote those little bits for the KSU for the, class, the KSU class. The other day, I had a incorrect subject verb agreement, and uh, when I was listening back to an episode, it bothered me. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just not going to let Chris listen to this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, Hey, did you come on with a new episode this week? And I'm like, oh, No, no. Yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> I used the wrong verb, so no, we just didn't publish it. <laughs> Don't look at it, folks. Please enjoy. Without further ado, the Twink next door. It was a crisp fall afternoon in late September when I first saw him. I was returning from a long-awaited journey to a local Trader Joe's down the maple tree-decorated street. Their seasonal stock of crisp apple cider had finally arrived, which will pair well with leftover whiskey from Jared's birthday pool party. 
I climbed the oakwood stairs of the home-turned gentrified apartment loft in which I resided, and there he was. A mixture of exotic cultures and nationalities. His hair collapsed in a coiffed pillowy fluff of wavy ground vanilla blonde strands atop of olive-toned-kissed skin and deep national forest green eyes. His neck rectangular, stood firm between two symmetrical, sharp shoulder blades that affixed a posture that most likely never even heard the phrase lumbar scoliosis. And there it is, appears into the view as he turns around to lock his door, a nice, perfectly round, oh, there they go, fiercely clawing and tearing their way out the walls of their paper entrapments from which I carry, all seven of the 64-ounce bottles of Trader Joe's apple cider. It is at this moment I realize my worst enemies of time and natural physics have teamed up once more to ruin my cursed earthly existence. As if in slow motion I watch them tumble down, bouncing off each wall, banister and stare, yelling at the top of their lungs. And then, silence. An invisible post-disaster mushroom cloud sprouts from the floor. Hey, you dropped something. He says at the top of the stairs. I laugh, but too much. Yeah, watch your step, I respond, coyly. I think one of them broke. Ew, gross. He responds while walking down the stairs to exit the premises. His athletic but fashionable fuchsia shorts flow in the breeze around his thighs while a white, slightly wrinkled Calvin Klein V-neck t-shirt flows around his Michael Sarah-sized body. Royal blue Adidas nine-inch sneakers carry him down the first floor hallway toward the exit, and just before he's out the door I notice he's also carrying a golden yellow gift bag decorated with cloudy gray tissue paper blossoming out like spring-awakened flower petals meticulously fashioned to discreetly hide what's inside. And he was my gift that I'll never unwrap. My short-lived neighboring bestowal has been spoiled with three poorly designed weak paper bags and 448 ounces of autumn sweet nectar of betrayal. As I start to pick out the fallen jugs, that's when I hear the door open at the end of the first floor hallway. And a familiar voice echoes through the air once more. Uh, I forgot my phone. He says, running past me. I inhale a sweet musk of his lightly but noticeable applied cologne. Was it Arrows by Versace? No. Polo Black by Ralph Lauren. No, wait. Yes. It's Gentleman by Gavinci. A light blend of vanilla pear-scented cologne with a slight hint of apple cider. No, wait. Bang! I hear his door suddenly close. He rushes past me once more down the stairs with his sweet scent conquering my seasonal sinus-plagued nostrils. I'm overcome once more with flaring embarrassment as I cringe watching him skirt around the fallen brown containers that my slow sloth of a body has yet to remove from the unmerciful ground. It is at this moment I realize I was so distracted by his sudden reappearance that I was completely silent during our second encounter. See you late. The door shuts with a loud thud. Tur. I clean up the mess around me and manage to carry everything with my overgrown monstrous long arms. I pass by his holier-than-thou apartment entryway and... Wait a second. 
The universe has bestowed mercy upon me as I notice his door is somehow ajar. How can this be? I heard it close with my own elvish-sized ears as he left. It seems that building maintenance live up to their poor reputation and still have yet to fix this doorway fixture, which has been combined with my neighbor who must have forgotten to lock it. Am I invited by dear faith to dare a peek inside? No, I mustn't. Curse my natural curious nature. I have never been more tempted by the devil's lure to explore a glorious unknown. I look to my right. No one. I look to my left. Not a soul. I release the apple cider to the ground's unyielding grasp and push my hand against his door. I breathe a heavy sigh as I push my new neighbor's door open. Is it technically considered breaking and entering if a person leaves their door open? I mean, it's practically an open invitation. Like, what if he left the stove on or forgot to blow out a candle? If not a hero, then I'm certainly a thoughtful neighbor. I mean, we gays have to look after each other, right? I push the door open and, wow, there it is. His apartment. The front door leads directly into a living room. I stand completely still while my eyes thoroughly investigate every inch of his apartment. Exposed brick walls, solid oak flooring, and industrial-sized windows cover most of the back wall. A small kitchen is located in the back to the left of the living room, and a bedroom on the right. I continue to linger in the doorway as I take it all in. Do I dare step inside? I suppose that stove won't turn itself off. I move one foot over the threshold. I imagine this is how Neil Armstrong felt when he landed on the moon, or when Anne Hathaway made her first step onto the set of the Devil Wears Prada. And here I am. Inside. The apartment reflects the state of someone just moving in. Bare walls, weirdly few boxes, and no furniture whatsoever. Maybe the other 75% of his stuff is in a moving truck that got lost. Or maybe he sold everything and is starting a new life with new furniture. Which you'll certainly need help selecting, and I do love Ikea. Wait a second. Do I smell... gas? I rush toward the kitchen to prevent what could be a huge fiery catastrophe. Woo, all the knobs on the stove are turned off. Thank God. I was in a stage production of the Triangle Factory fire project in college, but I don't know if I could handle the real thing. As I look around the kitchen, I notice the counter space seems to be completely bare as well. No moving boxes with cute dishware. Not a single ninja blender or panini press in sight. Not anything. Luckily, he has a neighbor who's seen every episode of Barefoot Contessa and has every seen-on-TV kitchen appliance. Oh, the dinners we'll have together. I open the fridge, expecting some leftover takeout, but there's only a white paper bag stapled shut with some reddish-brown stains on the bottom. I'm briefly tempted to open it, but remember I'm fresh out of staples to reseal it. I open the freezer. Nothing. I open the pantry. Nothing. A cabinet? Nothing. Another cabinet? Nothing. 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 Hmm. I am hungry, though. Surely he keeps snacks in his bedroom. I mean, who doesn't? I move swiftly but quietly across the apartment and make a sharp hard left into his bedroom. The living room must be a central location for all the moving boxes because there's only an air mattress in this guy's bedroom. No pillows? Covers? Or even a Martha Stewart duvet. Hello? Hello? Holy sh**.
Who the fuck is that? Callum? Callum? Who the fuck is Kevin? Oh, right. Oh, my future husband's name is Kevin. Okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Surely he won't actually come in. Hey, Kevin! Your door's open, so I'm just gonna come in. Holy Who the fuck just enters an apartment without permission? Okay, I gotta hide, but where? Kevin! Oh, I think he's actually going to come into the bedroom. Do I hide under the air mattress? Or inside the walk-in closet? The irony overwhelms me. I open the closet door to discover one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten rolled-up giant rugs standing upright. Who the hell is this guy? I shut the closet door, push the rolled-up rugs aside, and hide behind a few. Kara, I have your... I can barely breathe because at this moment my anxiety is through the roof. Damn it, what have I got myself into? I stopped taking heavy breaths because these rugs actually smell kind of gross. Wow, he really just left his door open. Okay, now leave. Hey man, where are you? What? Oh, well I'm in your apartment. Yeah, inside. You left the door wide open. I swear, the door was just wide open. What, do you not lock your door? There's some weirdos around here that'll just walk in. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Okay, I'll just leave it on the kitchen counter. Alright, bye. Whew, that was a close one. I pushed the heavy and smelly rugs to the side and opened the closet door. The scent of fresh air fills my lungs once more and I can finally breathe again. I even inhale a little of the stranger's cologne still wafting in the air. Is he Miyaki for men? I walk toward the kitchen to see what he left on the counter. And there it is. Bright as day sticking out on the appliance-less countertop. A large yellow package-sized envelope. Its bulky shape suggests it contains more than just documents. I pick it up and flip it around. No label or anything inscribed on the package to explain for whom it belongs or what it contains. I notice... It's only closure. One small metal clasp. I could open it without anyone ever knowing. No, I shouldn't. But before I can stop myself, I've lifted both metal tabs of the clasp up. I'm standing in my new neighbor's apartment alone, holding a package that's not mine. How did I even get here? This isn't like me. To trespass into someone else's home and snoop into their private belongings? Or maybe it is. And this is who I am now. A nosy neighbor, a burglar, a spy. My hands are shaking as I lift open the golden clasp of the package that bestow a hidden mystery within its casing. A drop of sweat rolls down my cheek as my heart races at the speed of a horse at the Kentucky Derby. Then my mind becomes foggy as a distant memory washes over me. It's my seventh birthday. My mother has planned an outdoor birthday party in my neighborhood park a couple blocks away from our home. The Connecticut spring weather is perfectly sunny, with soft white pillowy clouds floating in the ocean blue sky above. The boundaries of my childhood oasis are surrounded by trees and flowers. 
A massive pastel-colored playground castle towers over a small pond where children send their sailboats on nautical adventures. I sit on my mother's lap at a picnic table wearing a paper crown surrounded by presents. Here, open my necks, Charlie. My Aunt Eloise hands me a golden package wrapped with an emerald green ribbon tied into a bow that's so perfect it must have been magic. My aunt always demonstrates in clever ways how well she knows me such as wrapping my present in colors from my favorite movie, The Wizard of Oz. The beautiful bow collapses as I slowly pull the green ribbon, which my aunt takes and places into her pocket because she knows I'll want it later. I carefully unwrap the present. I have a feeling of what's inside, and I'm right. Glowing effervescently in the golden wrapping paper lays it. You got him a doll? My father is furious. I don't see what the big deal is, Frank. It's a toy, and he loves the movie. My favorite aunt has gifted me a doll the size of my sister's American Girl doll. But she has even bigger brown eyes, shinier brunette hair, braided in pink tails, and a blue and white dress with glimmering ruby red slippers. It's Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, and she's all mine. I've never felt so much. No, absolutely not. My father yanks Dorothy right out of my tiny grasp, whirling her upside down with his hand around her leg, marches toward the duck pond at the bottom of the hill. My aunt chases after him. You can't be serious, Frank! Oh, but he is. My mother puts her hands over my eyes as my aunt chases after my father, yelling obscenities at him. But the only thing I hear is a distant splash in the water, which echoes in my head for the rest of the day. Oh my god, what kind of ass just leaves a mess in the hallway? Oh, f- How is he back already? Damn gays and their constant need to walk really fast. Ew, gross, it's like everywhere. I look around frantically searching for a place to hide. The pantry door? No, too small. Behind the shower curtain? Ew, is that mold? Ugh, now I need to use the bathroom. And the closet? Definitely not doing that again. Hallway? No, he's in the hallway. Damn it, Charlie, think. I run back to the living room and turn toward the back wall, staring right back at me as my only way out. I race to the window, open the latch, push open the door, or whatever it's called, climb out onto the ledge and duck underneath the window frame just as I hear my neighbor open the door. Oh, I really did leave my door unlocked. Wow, here I am, squatting in a fetal position as if I'm in a Taiwanese bathroom on what has to be a ledge no wider than a foot outside my neighbor's second-story window. I feel the harsh, high-altitude winds blow against my face and rustling my hair, but not in a sexy way. I then feel a harsher, cold, sharp breeze pierce my eyes, sending a teardrop rolling down my cheek. I am John Krakow, and this is my Everest. A man walking his dog down the sidewalk, and I make eye contact, but he looks away and keeps walking. Rude. Hello? My heart skips a beat as for a split second I think my neighbor is talking directly to me until... Yeah, I'm not saying it, Gary. There's, like, nothing on the counter. I look down, and sure enough, there it is, tucked underneath the flap of my jacket secure between my arm and the side of my upper torso, the yellow golden package. I must have been such a rush to evade being discovered that I forgot to put it back on the counter. The crimes against me are piling up quicker than gays on Fire Island. Breaking and entering, and now thievery? 
I can't get caught. I look terrible in orange. Are you sure you didn't put it somewhere? Because, like, I'm not seeing it anywhere. While still pressing my full body against the second-story wall outside, I raised my head an inch upward, peeking ever so slightly to take a look inside. I see Kevin walking around his apartment searching for something he won't find. And as I hear him returning to the living room, I duck my head down. I hear him moving closer toward the window with every step making the hardwood floor beneath him creak louder and louder. My heart is racing more than ever. Uh, what the hell's the window open? Then I hear it. The window closing and the latch locking. Great. Okay, well, there's definitely not a package in here. I gotta go. The man on the other end of the phone yells so loudly I can even hear him through the window, but can't exactly make out what he's saying. Okay, I get it! I said I get it! His anger startles me so much I jolt forward, losing my balance. I quickly try to grab onto the wall behind me, but there's nothing to grab onto. And then I feel it. As if in slow motion, my body begins to descend downward toward the ground below. You know when you're leaning back in a chair with the two back legs planted firmly on the ground and the front two in the air, and then suddenly you're about to fall backwards and your heart skips a beat, but you quickly grab onto the nearest thing, like a table, and catch yourself? Well... This wasn't one of those moments. I wasn't sitting at a chair, there was no table to grab, and my heart had completely stopped. A mere moment ago, my body was on a second-story ledge, and then, next thing I know, it's not. Now, instead, my body is in a total freefall, quickly plummeting to the ground below. Gravity is no longer my friend. Oh my god, Charlie! Where did you come from? What are you doing in the bushes? I open my eyes and look to see tree branches above looking back at me. Sweet Jesus, I'm alive. Charlie, what are you doing? Get the hell out of those bushes. I turn to see my freaked out best friend and neighbor, Jenny, holding several overstuffed grocery bags. What is that? I look over and holy crap, I stole my neighbor's package. Somehow in the middle of all the craziness, I never put it back and took it with me in a panic. I'm a thief, a robber, a... Charlie, snap out of it. What? Get up out of the damn bushes. Okay, jeez. I leave for an hour and come back to the bushes. It's none of your business. You don't God own these bushes. Can't you guys a man lay in the bushes without being asked a million questions? I'm not hiding anything. Don't worry something. about it. Come on. Here. Carry some bags. My fingers hurt. Jenny forces some grocery bags into my arms before quickly heading inside. And oh, suddenly I remember the... What the hell? Who left this mess in the hallway? There was still... Apple cider! Ugh, everywhere! Oh, it reeks! I don't know. Some people are just... Assholes. That's what. Inconsiderate assholes. Girl. For real, though. Who smashes a ton of apple cider all over the stairs and just leaves it? And who buys this much apple cider? I swear, the people in this building are animals. After climbing three flights of stairs, we finally reach Jenny's apartment, which is directly over Kevin's. I unload her grocery bags onto the counter. Jenny's apartment is cozy and colorful, with psychedelic art hanging on the walls along with tapestries and string lights. It smells like a mixture of lavender and weed, which always makes me feel relaxed. I like Jenny. We're total opposites. She's more calm, down to earth, and... Now, can you tell me what the hell you were doing in those bushes? Oh, I, um... I panicked. 
Okay, so I bumped into the new neighbor downstairs, and he's totally my type, so of course I made a total fool of myself, and then I accidentally broke into his apartment and kind of stole this package for falling out of the window into the bushes. Jesus, Charlie. That's so much worse than I could have imagined. Anyway, let's open it. I mean, it's not ours, and I don't want to invade anyone's... Fine, I'll open it. Before I can stop her, Jenny rips the package out of my grasp and tears it open to find... Oh, damn, it's a gun! Holy sh- And a dildo! Oh, weird. And cocaine? Holy sh- Charlie, you found a gun, a dildo, and cocaine! Holy sh- Holy sh- Jenny tosses the package to me, I toss it back, Jane then tosses it back to me, and I back to her. Then it goes on for a while, like a game of hot potato. I don't want it. Finders keepers, Charlie. You opened it, it's yours now. I already have two of the three. We suddenly stop when we hear heavy footsteps approach the door. What was that? Someone's knocking on my door. You're just imagining things. I could have sworn someone just knocked on my door. Who knocks on doors these days? Hello? I can hear you in there. Boom, I was right. Okay, you're right. Just shh. That could be the love of my life on the other side of that door. It wasn't. I can still hear you. One second. What the hell is wrong with you, Charlie? Um, who is it? My name's Kevin. I'm your neighbor. Jenny opens the door. Oh, well, hello. I'm Jenny. Welcome to the, uh, building. Thanks. I live directly below you and heard some commotion. Oh, we were just... Watching TV. Really loudly. Oh, what were y'all watching? Real the Housewives Great British of Bake Atlanta. Off. The, the Great Real British Housewives Bake of Atlanta. Uh, the Great, Great British, British Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> oh. Never heard of that. It's, it's on stars. Oh. I don't think I can pay for another streaming service. I know, right? Capitalism sucks. We should all socialize more. TV controls our lives. Anyway, we gotta go. Okay, bye. <laughs> and just as Jenny is about to close the door... Wait. Kevin pushes it open. Sorry. My friend swears he left something in my apartment. You see? And he's kind of dumb. And he could have gone to the wrong place. So I was like wondering, have you seen anything? Nope, no package here. I didn't say it was a package. Oh, um... Charlie is also kind of dumb, but no, no one's been in here but us. Oh, well, if you see anything... We'll let you know. Oh, okay, and your apple cider is still all over the hallway. It really reeks. Cider? Okay, thanks, bye! The door closes. Well, that was weird. Well, would you look at the time? This has been fun, but I also have to leave. Oh, hell no. I just saved your nosy ass. Shh, keep it down. I just saved your nosy ass. Now, tell me what the hell is going on and what you're doing in that creepy guy's apartment. Exactly. He's the creepy one. You know what? Mm. No, I don't even care. I, I actually woke up today feeling great. I cleaned the apartment, went on a run for the first time in my life. I don't even own tennis shoes. I was having a really great day. That was until I found your ass lying in the bushes outside, apple cider all over the hallway, and now you brought a gun, cocaine, and a dildo into my home? Happy birthday? No, 
you got to return this stuff because I'm not going to have it in my... And just as Jenny grabs the package off the counter, it slips out of her hand, making the gun, the bag of cocaine, and the dildo fly into the air and fall onto the floor. Son of a bitch! The dildo was now in two pieces on the floor to reveal that it actually contained... Holy Is that a toe? The end. Do you know that podcasts go into the National Archives? <laughs> no, <laughs> they do. Uh-oh. And so, TJ, this podcast mm-hmm. and the Twink Next Door is now saved forever. I'm sure they're so proud. Oh my god, I'm proud. Yeah. Imagine if aliens come to Earth and that's the first thing they hear as a sample of what we have to offer. <laughs> They're like, never mind, we're good. Back to outer space. <laughs> the world is a very confusing place, but I'm glad that exists. Folks, I hope you enjoyed The Twink Next Door. TJ, what's up for you in 2020? What are you going to work on next? What's your big project? First off, myself. Big project. <laughs> I have a list of things I need to do. And then writing another episode for Twink Next Door. Ooh, the saga may continue. I also want to get another Squatty Potty. I love the one I have, but I think everyone should experience it. So I think I might make an attractable one for work. You're going to take a Squatty Potty to work? They make them travel case ones. I actually want one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I don't work with you. (laughs) Can you imagine the next stall just like (laughs) hearing the door close and the next stall over and just like hearing this like clankety squeaky contraption (laughs) (laughs) well folks if you have any info on squatty potties or (laughs) twinks next door email me you can email tj at funniest people i know at gmail.com also folks we're on facebook at funniest people i know come on check out the page we've got a lot of cool content there we want to say thank you for tuning in happy new year have yourselves a hilarious week